opportunity to study your word. We want you to speak to us, Lord. We want the impartation of your uh, truth, your power that comes with your word. So we love you for what you're about to deposit in us, Father. You always give us more than what we can ask or think. So we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. So we're going to talk about um, uh, are you living in the kingdom? Are you living in the kingdom? Are you living? Now, the Bible talks about um, when Jesus taught on the kingdom, he gave <clears throat> many, many examples what the kingdom was likened unto so that people can get an understanding uh how to live for God, you know, and how to abide with him. When you abide somewhere, you're there all the time, like your residence that you live in. When you leave here and you say, I'm going home, that's where you go. So the kingdom then wants, God wants his kingdom to be your familiar dwelling place. So that's gonna uh that's gonna mean you making a decision. You gotta move out of what's familiar to you, which is the natural realm. So there are really two kingdoms at work here, the kingdom of the world or the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. Now there are certain characteristics about each and you gotta know the characteristics to know where you are. Because if you just do what comes naturally, you do what you do out of habit, most of our habits come from the kingdom of darkness. They just We just have habitual ways of responding, of thinking, of, of making decisions, all of those things. If we do what just comes naturally, uh, we are living in the kingdom of darkness and, and that, that won't av- avail us anything. Now what many people do is they live in darkness and they visit God's kingdom. They come out of that periodically to check in and get something from God and then run back. Well, don't shout me down. I don't care. I'm, I preach by myself. But that is, in, in God says, he allows it. Amen. He says that the kingdom of, of heaven, uh, um, uh, you know, men come, come in and out and find pasture. Amen. Um, if I need to find that scripture, I'll find it for you. I want me to find it because I know people don't really understand many times. I mean, I don't mind finding it. Sometimes you just say these scriptures so often and you think, but maybe we need to focus on that a little bit so that we can get a better understanding of how uh, God God sees us and in our normal normal kind of way of doing things and how it, it's going to take a little bit of a different mindset to uh, get our get ourselves okay John 10:9 thank you Jesus for having it right there John 10 verse 9 <clears throat> better make note of it here So John 10 and verse 9. He says, I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved 
and go in and out and find pasture. So what he's saying is that when you experience salvation, when we're all born again, remember that experience? He says, you enter in through me. So no man comes unto the Father except by him. And he says, I am the door to the kingdom. And men come in and out and find pasture. So really what we do when we're brand new Christians, this is what he's describing. He's describing that lifestyle where you you live the way you've always lived. And then when a problem comes up, you go pray and you go into the kingdom and you find pasture. Amen. You find what you need. You find your scripture. You find your little temporary peace. And then you go out again into the, (laughs) go back in the flesh, right? Then one day it dawns on you, if I'd stay in here, I wouldn't have all these. See, if that never dawns on you, amen, and it doesn't on many, many people. That's why we got empty seats here where we used to have people who were praying, enthusiastic about God. We all know the whole trip, don't we? And see, those people never lock in to the kingdom. They never, they, when they say Jesus is my Savior, that's as far as they go. So if he's Savior only, you're going to always find yourself in trouble needing to be saved from it. If you allow him to be Lord, then you'll start attempting to live in his kingdom. And that's what you want. You want lordship. But it's not the natural thing. It's not the thing that comes naturally to your mind, naturally to your um you know anything just like the the lady we were listening to the prophetess had a friend that says but don't forget now why would you ask somebody for prayer see anybody in this ministry will will we don't make the mistakes you understand what i'm saying you don't add anything to your prayer to god don't forget it's normal for kids to get sick what kind of faith prayer is that you see what I'm saying? But that's how many people, I don't care if, if they do have a life with God and prophesy a lot. It doesn't guarantee that you're living in the kingdom. Because the gifts in the, 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 uh, uh, gifts and calling of God are gonna be on you all the time. There are a lot of people that live carnal. Think of the, the um, uh, testimony of the gentleman that had the, um, healing ministry. And backslid and was drunk in a bar and some man had a heart attack. And he repented and the gifts came back on him again. He laid hands and prayed for that man. They Both of them drunks got up and walked out. He got back up and started drinking again. You understand what I'm saying? So these things, kingdom, you can go in and out of. That's my point. You want to learn to abide there. Amen. Because that's where the blessing, that's where the privilege, that's where, that's our goal. Our goal is to abide in God's kingdom. What does abide mean? It means to live there all the time. Make that your primary residence. Mm-hmm. Some people that don't, can't, can't make up their minds where they want to live or, or they've, attach a little status and we call them snowbirds they they're from a uh, a cold climate uh, but they'll go and live in florida half the time or arizona in the winter and and they can't really make up their minds where they want to abide so they you know it's there's advantages to living here or 
my family's always done this. We've always, it's a status thing with some people. They have a certain, you know, they have a certain concept of who they are that has to do with material wealth, you know, many times. And they'll want to pack up one house and go live there, whether they can afford it or not. You know what I'm saying? You, know, you need to spend that money on something real. <laughs> you know, you don't need two places to live. You only need to live one place. You understand what I'm saying? You just need to live in the kingdom, basically. You know, unless you've got reason for that. You know, some people do have reason for it. But I'm talking about your average person that maybe works their life in a, uh, you know, a career job or a, any other kind of employment. And they aspire to, you know, doing this when they get to a certain place. So, you know, we, there's all kinds of worldly, uh, considerations in these things. But for us as believers, where we want to abide is in God's kingdom. Now, you need to know that the kingdom is within you. You don't have to go anywhere for this. It's within you. According to Luke 17, and we're going to read some of this because I, I found it very, very uh, <clears throat> descriptive of God's kingdom. 17 starting in, I think it's verse 20 I want to start. It says, and we, when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come. When will the kingdom come? That's like when we when we we believe in God for some we think it takes when is it coming? It's here already. See if you don't know it's here already, you miss the whole. We think we're living out of visible promises of God. We think we're waiting on material promises of God. But his kingdom is already within us. If you're born again, you got everything you need right within you. You're not waiting on him to give you anything. Huh? The kingdom is. You think you're really going to be happier with a, a new car that comes with a $400 a month note. If you're lucky, five years, ten years, whatever they get. I mean, that's like going to prison to me. I remember back in the day, you could buy a brand new car and pay it off in 36 months. Then it jumped up to 60 months. Now you can get them for longer than that. That's like a house note. You know, you just get a car note to go along with your house note. Come on. And so if you really think you're going to be happier with something brand new and shiny with all that note behind it. I got news for you. The kingdom is already within you. You are not a mere flesh and blood person. You are spirit. You live out of your spirit. The kingdom of God is a spiritual place. God translated out of us out of dependence upon natural things over into his kingdom when we got born again. We just have to spend most of our time exploring that realm rather than trying to get stuff that we think we want to have in the natural to please us. Your prayer should be for anything you're asking for that you haven't seen yet. 
God give me the contentment to live for you until it gets here and after it gets here. Because it's going to come with some kind of maintenance on it. It's going to come with some kind of concern for it. It's going to come once it gets into this material realm. It is subject to all of the things that the material is subject to. And so you best wait for God to bring it into your life. Because when he does, he brings it in on a low maintenance contract on your part. It won't, it'll fit easily into your life. It won't cramp you out trying to take care of it. It won't be on life support. It won't be a preemie. It'll be a full mature uh, uh, blessing. And so that's what you want. You want the mature blessings of God. And how do you get those? By being mature yourself. Not being anxious for anything. Not, you know, uh, wanting to throw your life away if you don't get certain things. Uh, not, you know, uh, um, uh, backsliding from the church so you can have certain things in your life. You understand what I'm saying? It's just to live out of the kingdom within you. And so in Luke chapter 17, he says, they said, when is the kingdom going to come? Now they had something in mind that he didn't have. They have something in mind. What do you have in mind when you ask God, when is the kingdom coming or when is your, when we say when and when am I going to get what I'm praying for, you really need to be asking, this, this is what you're asking. You're asking the same question the Pharisees asked. Which means you're trained, you're too trained in the natural, you're too focused on the natural. You're too concerned about the natural. Because you forget that you hold the kingdom inside of you. What's happened is you got it locked up because you're so focused on what you don't have instead of being focused on what you do have. See, the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost will keep you focused on what you do have. You have wealth within you. Where you can draw from that wealth either to preserve you during your times of drought or it can release more kingdom to manifest on the outside of you when you need it. So this, that's all you do. You're just releasing God's kingdom in ways that will nourish your spirit. In ways that will make your spirit glad. In ways that will bless you spiritually speaking. You don't have to see anything ever in order to know you're blessed of God. How do I know that? We read the the, uh, persecuted church every month. So that's, that's a dead giveaway. That's telling on us. See? And so we, we know you can have Great joy and great contentment with very few things. Living under the threat of death and all of those things. Because you're drawing from the kingdom within. So nobody here is living like that. So we have no excuse for always looking for natural things or or being upset. Because the natural isn't what we think we want it to be. So they are asking him. So the kingdom of God comes does not come with observation. In other words Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is not seen. Man. Anybody got an NIV? What does that say? 20 verse 1.
Yeah, it can't be seen. So that's what he's saying. So the kingdom of God is unseen. And that's what we have to understand. If we don't train ourselves to live in the unseen realm. And just come out a little bit and peek at the scene. And when you look at it and say, oh no thanks, I'm coming back in. Huh? And he said, neither shall they say, well look here or look there. Behold the kingdom. He says, for behold the kingdom of God is within you. It's nothing that can be seen. Now it can affect the seen realm. But it starts within. It starts within. He says and he said to the disciples the days will come when you'll desire to see one of the days of the son of man and you won't see it. In other words the day is going to come when you're going to want me here with you but I'm not going to be here. So don't take my presence here for granted. He said and they shall say to you see here or see there. He said don't go after them and don't follow them. So he's talking about people who are saying I saw Jesus here. I saw Jesus there. He says don't run after that and don't follow them. He said for as the lightning that lights out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven. So shall also the son of man be in his day. He said I'm going to come in the earth like a flash of lightning. He said, and one day I will disappear and you're not going to be able to see me anymore. He said, but first must he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the days of the Son of Man. This is typical. This is typical. This is the way it is now. People go about their business, have no uh, interest in God, ridicule his people, make fun of his people. We don't see it a lot because we live kind of in a sheltered environment. When you're, most of your friends are, are church people or people who are saved or, you know, when God is your constant companion, you don't, you're not sitting up at home, at home looking for the phone to ring. Cause you're, you're, um, you know, cause you're, you're lonely or something like that, or you shouldn't be. I should say you don't have to be. And he says, is the son of man will be like that. He said, as in the days of Noah, that's where it's gonna be. He said, that's the way it is now. They did eat, they drank, they got married, given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed all of them. So Jesus is saying because the kingdom of heaven is within you and cannot be seen. People who live in the natural are going to live in the natural. They're going to be going about their normal routine, daily business. They're not going to recognize that they have a limited amount of time to respond to what God's doing. They're not going to recognize that they have a limited amount of time to claim Jesus as Lord and be saved. They're not going to recognize that they have a limited amount of time to enjoy uh, the the uh, fruits of this world and the fruits of this life. And he says they eat, they drank all that stuff until the, the day that, that the flood came and God destroyed everybody. He said likewise also it was in the days of Lot. He said they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven. So these things come without warning to people who are just focused on the things of this world. 
So he says once the kingdom enters into your heart. Don't pay attention to what's going on around you. Because it's always going to be going around. But what's going on on the inside. That's where our focus should be. He says even thus shall it be in the day when the son of man is revealed. In other words when I come back again. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop. And his stuff in the house, don't let him come down to take it away. In other words, when you start to hear these rumblings and these signs that the Lord's return is imminent, he said, don't, don't be like Lot's wife. Remember her? The lesbian? She turned around to see what was going on in Sodom and she turned into a pillar of salt. Jesus said, be so little caught up in this world. That's what he's saying. Be so focused on the kingdom within you that you don't have such a love for things that even the things you possess when you find danger coming don't try to run back and grab like the people that just went through that fire in California. There's still people missing. Now it's over 80 people, bodies that they've recovered of people that maybe didn't heed the warnings didn't get out in time or so focused on their stuff they felt that they had more time you don't always have more time so these are our our warnings preparing us for how to respond when we know that that God's time is at hand and he says don't let him come down to take it away and he that is in the field let him likewise don't return back don't go back and go check on your stuff he said remember Lot's wife okay so whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it so in other words forget about the material it's all going to pass away you understand we got to treat it like it's already gone because that's faith you can't treat it like it's going to be here What's going to be here? You and what's inside your spirit. Your eternal spirit and your eternal soul are going to remain. So take care of those things. And he says I tell you in that night there shall be two men. I'm sorry two in one bed. The one shall be taken the other shall be left. Not men hopefully. Two women shall be grinding together. One shall be taken the other left. So in other words uh, God is going to come so quickly. You'll be standing next to somebody at your job and uh, turn around they're gone. Hopefully you gone with them. Amen. But he said it will be like that. And they answered and said to him where Lord. And he said unto them wheresoever the body is there the eagle shall be gathered together. Amen. So they will. That's, he said where the body. And I think that refers to the body of Christ. Eagles shall be gathered together. And it was like a feeding, you know, where, where, uh, eagles, they claim eagles only eat fresh kill, but they do, they do eat, you know, carrion, you know, the roadkill as well. And so the people of God will be gathered around what feeds them. You'll be gathered around what feeds you. So are you feeding off the eternal things of your spirit, the kingdom within? Or are you still trying to gather, still trying to store, still trying to acquire, etc., etc.? 
And so that's the kingdom. So it is within us. Um, 17 what we just read 19 through 37 what we just read sums up what God has to say about his kingdom. And the difference between the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of our God. The kingdom manifests in the earth in an unseen way. Many times we look at what's visible to try and determine whether or not God's working. When is it coming? When am I going to get it God? When is it going to be here? You're focused on what's seen. You cannot focus on what's seen. And get what God has for you. Can never do it. And so in people who have have, uh, experienced disappointment with things that they picked up in the natural. You know you don't want to do that. You want to go by what God does. Luke 16. Turn back a little bit. In verse 16. He says the law and the prophets were until John. And since that time the kingdom is preached. The kingdom of God is preached. So this was a new teaching. John the Baptist being the forerunner of Jesus Christ said repent. Which means change your Mind, And when you change your mind, you change your ways, you change your speaking, you change your focus. In other words, stop going forward and where you're going and make this change. You gotta, you gotta resign from the world. You have to resign from what preoccupies you. Remember the, the, the different groups of people asked him, well what should we do? Well, you know, what do we do? And he, he hit, John the Baptist hit the nail on the head so clear they started to scatter and run. Pharisees never did show up because they thought they had everything. The religious are always full, they're never hungry. It's always, remember it was the sinners and the publicans that received Jesus' message. Why? Because they knew they were bad. They knew they were no good. So they say, hey, let's sit here and listen. This man is giving us some hope here. But John would tell him, he'd tell the, the tax collectors, don't take more than what you're supposed to. And they would probably hang their heads and go run off somewhere. He told the, the uh, soldiers, be satisfied with what's your pay. You know, quit arguing about what Caesar ought to be giving you more of. So he read their mail from the secret place. See, those are secret complaints that people have. And so the Holy Ghost comes when he pursues us. He comes after those hidden sins. Those attitude things that keep us from from entering in the kingdom. Things like we want to hold on to. And so uh, he says here, Since that time the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. Presses into it. Presses into it. So instead of us pressuring people to straighten up. The Bible says we really should be pressing into the kingdom. Now what does that mean? You know, you're going to press, put pressure on something. Trust me. 
Because that's human nature. When you desire something, you're going to make some efforts toward it. But you got to make sure you're pressing the right press. Because if you are pressing people, you're still in darkness. And in fact, you're about to enter over into witchcraft if you keep leaning on people. Keep trying to, to impress them or get them to see the light or get them to think your way or get them whatever it is you're trying to get from people. You need to quit because that's not the way you do it. The press you need where you need to assert your, your pressure is to enter into God's kingdom because you're going to press something. Trust me. Many times we see something we want and we'll call, we'll look at every credit card to find out if we got enough free, free credit on there to get it. So you're pressing to enter into something in the natural to get something in the natural. God says press into the kingdom. You don't purchase anything unless you get God's peace about it. You understand me? You, you really have to discipline yourself to do that. Because it will shock you the things that God has laid up for us. Amen. Because we love him. You know I was telling the Lord not too long ago. I said God I need more money. You know I just just do. It just after a while the same money you've had for so many years is old. <laughs> I need new. So, <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> but uh then he started moving some things in my life moving some things out moving some things in and then i began to see it more and more i was i i was wanting to get get some repairs done i, I know what it was i called to get a repair done on our our um washer um and and uh you know i think it was that it's a seal that goes around where it started leaking. It's one of those front loaders. I'll get a top one next time, you know, but it it was it was on sale, so I bought it, felt peace about it, I'm good. So but those things leak if the seal isn't kept and, and they're fairly expensive to to replace. So I was calling to get a repair done and, and I was talking to the lady and she said, Well ma'am, can I interest you in purchasing uh I never buy insurance, but you know, I listened for some reason. I listened. And she said, This is a home warranty. It covers all of your appliances. And I'm looking at these things sitting around my house. I said, Now they about older than dirt. Now they running by faith. You know what I'm talking about. And, uh, so I listened to her and I said, Well, how much is all this going to cost me? And she said, Oh, she said, Really? It's only $49 a a month I said oh okay I said can I drop it and yeah you drop it anytime you want to I said okay we'll try it because when I calculated it you know you pay a deductible it's less than a hundred dollars like 75 bucks or something and that's all you pay for any any repair up to five hundred dollars and so I got the you know, $75, they replaced the drum. It was close to 300 So I said, oh, I saved money there. And so I had bought a used refrigerator while I was deciding if I was going to buy a new one. That's a major decision for me. Have you seen these refrigerators? They do everything but put you to sleep at night. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, there's all these gizmos. $3,000. 
35, 4,000. So I wasn't going there. So anyway, when I looked at my warranty, I said, oh, I forgot I got that warranty thing. So I called the guy out and, and, um, he was sitting out there in, in, uh, in the kitchen, I forgot. Cece has he keeps irregular hours because he he does sound for these different hotels and stuff. So he just was there that morning. He lets the guy in. I open my kitchen like I'm stumbling in the middle of the night to go find the back door to let Coco out the potty, and she tears off after him. Poor man's in there. Then I'm standing there scaring him to death. I said, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And I told Tony, "I said, don't you do that to me again." That might be my future out there in the kitchen. Yes, never know. Girls got to. Not that I'm fixing myself up, but I can hide a little bit better. Anywho, but uh, he went ahead and and uh worked on it and he said he said i think this plan you got we have to get you a new refrigerator i said say what say what say what they're my new refrigerator say what say what he said yeah this one you got he said it's the best one they offer i said oh wonderful praise the lord <laughs> see you never know what you got until you go within folks to find out what god has and that came out of the kingdom that's within me got me you go in you check in with god you meditate i don't buy insurance because i can usually pray for things but then there comes a point where all your appliance is almost as old as you are you think mm-hmm. you know let's do something different so it's just time for something different it was god and so we have to i say that just to say this don't get in a habit of doing the same thing the same way all the time assuming you know how much stuff is going to cost and how it's going to come and you have no clue what God has for you amen but he's always got good things for us when I asked him when I told him I wanted more money I meant that and he means it too he's not gonna have me running around spending money unnecessarily like that and so it's now I've saved what $75 deductible again for a brand new refrigerator you got me save two or three thousand dollars and so God will will do these things for us but you can't get anxious about stuff you can't consider things the end of the world you can't get all wound up about things and it's an emergency and I gotta have you you don't got to do nothing just allow yourself to press into the kingdom use the pressure that you would want to put in the natural realm to press in to his kingdom and find out what's in there for you amen so he he wants us to press in we're going to have to put some pressure to get into his kingdom because you're going to have to divorce yourself from the natural realm you're going to have to push away from your natural thinking you're going to have to sacrifice your your um physical uh comfort you know that that instant peace of mind we think we have to have that instant relief from pressure but in and you might have to press and press a little bit until you enter in there and see what god has for you but i'm telling you he's got stuff for us that we just don't know about but you have to really kind of stand your ground and say God you know what I just want what you have for me because I know that's best I don't know where it is 
I don't know where it's coming from and I don't know how it's going to get here but I want what you have for me. Don't manufacture blessings. Don't look around at what other Christians are talking about or what you think they have or what they're doing and try to make that yours. That's not yours. It's called covetousness. God said if you check within, you got more stuff within you any day than you will ever have without. Why? Because the kingdom's always increasing. There's more stuff in there for you than there was yesterday. If you go within and check within. You'll find if you stay within, you'll find an abundance of all things. You'll find all things are there richly to enjoy. You'll find that your focus begins to be on what's within and not not what's without. That's how people get healed. They they check in within and never check out. That's how you do it. You just go check in and don't come out. Instead of the way it was when you're a new Christian, run in and out and find pasture. Go in, find some relief, come out again where you think you're supposed to live. Uh, you're supposed to live within. Amen. Draw, learn to draw from the richness that is within you. Now when I say that, I mean we are not to live by natural means. We are to live off of the fruit of the spirit which there is is bounty there. It's plentiful. There's more than enough. We're to live out of the righteousness, peace, joy, kindness, uh, love, generosity, meekness. All of the nine fruit of the spirit are there for you. There's ample faith for you in there. To believe God for anything that you need. We just don't know how to live there long enough to let that stuff grow in us. We check in, we check out. We, you get a little relief off your worries and then you pick them back up again once you come out. You know what I'm saying? I did that for years when I was a new Christian. I'd go to meetings and I would feel so good. We'd worship and praise and hear the word and we'd pray. And then it wasn't long before once I got back in my home, I would pick up all the old worries. And I sat there one day and I thought to myself, I said, boy, I wish I could feel like I do in the meetings all the time. And that was my prayer for God to introduce me into his kingdom. And once I learned how to walk in the spirit with him, I never moved out. I clung to that. You got me? If somebody pushes me out, I'm really angry at myself. <laughs> I get out here again. I like it out here. Let me back in. Press in to get in there. You got me? That's the way we're supposed to live. You're depressed to get back into the presence of God. You're pressed to get back into the righteousness, peace, and joy of God. Pressed to get back into the love of God. All that richness that is within us. You're not waiting for God to give that to you from out of nowhere. It's within you. Learn how to dwell within. Amen. We must learn how to do that. So and when the Bible says men press to get in there. That means that you'll have to fight your flesh to stay in God's presence. You're going to have to, you know, sometimes you'll be uh, uh, listening to something on the radio or watching a program on television. You say, oh, I should have prayed a half hour ago. Let me turn this off. And you're reluctant to let go. That's the press. 
that's pressing in on you, impinging on your spirit, and you got to just divorce yourself from it. You know what? What I do, I don't turn the stupid thing on. I learned a long time ago. Don't cut that nonsense on, because once those spirits start filling the atmosphere you're, where you're at, they'll keep you entertained for days. If you don't believe it, look at some of the TV people that you soap opera addicts, you know. Some of the real housewife addicts you know. Got it. They time their lives based on when that show comes on. See, you're trained then to the natural realm. You're not trained to the kingdom. So what I do is I don't turn it on. You know, if if I'm just really bored and my day is pretty much over, that's when it might come on. I used to put it on in the evening when the news was on. I don't even listen to that nonsense anymore. You understand what I'm saying? It just has no interest for me. I'm the news. You got me? The kingdom within, that's the news you want. You're the news. You don't need all that nonsense pouring into your head. It's just manufactured from from something. And then they play it over and over and over again. Paying all this money for cable and satellite dishes and it just runs over and the same stuff over and over and over again. We need to be on the other end of it. We need to own those things so we can get all the money from the people that we keep in doped up listening to that stuff all day long. And so don't be one of them. You are the news. Because you can find out what's going on in God's kingdom all the time. He can tell you stuff mess your head up. Keep stay focused on that. It'll shock you what God will show you. Yeah, I'm a, he'll 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 introduce you to ways to help people you never thought possible. You know, people you see people who are in wheelchairs and your heart goes out to them, but you walk past them because there's no unction to help them. Uh, if you would stay into the kingdom within, they'll come. That unction, that day will come. That unction will come to help people. You know, I know because I've experienced it not as much as I want to ever. You got me? So the more I dwell within, the more that life becomes second nature to me. The more it's available to me, the more readily it's available to me. So you've got to dwell with There's a price to pay for everything, folks. God's not going to force his kingdom on you. He's not going to force anointing into your life. You're going to have to press against everything to get in there and get it. And dwell and stay in there. Abide in there long enough for God's power to be second nature to you. Or at least familiar to you. It's not impossible. And you're never too old. And you're never too young. You understand what I'm saying? It was so funny. I uh, uh, I <laughs> Pastor Shirley was telling you know Thanksgiving is always an experience. I look forward to it, even though I have to cook a lot and I'm very, very tired anymore when we have it. But I just have to check in with the in-laws and outlaws and see what's going on with them. And uh, I kept hearing these kids hollering, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah. So uh, I was talking to Pastor Shirley. So so everybody was, was the adults were looking at each other and scared and these kids were either in my basement or upstairs I said y'all better not let them kids praise God by themselves and they all got scared then you know they're always scared the preacher is going to take over her house 
See, there's always a threat you keep over people who don't walk with God. You know what I'm saying? Make them think you're going to do it even though you have no plans to. I said, y'all better not let them little kids praise God by themselves. I said, not, I said, the rocks will start talking. I said, the walls will start praising them in a minute if you don't join in. They're still scared. So the kids got louder. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So then later on, like yesterday, I was talking to Pastor Shirley. She said, yeah, they started going to a spirit-filled church now. They were Baptists before. So now the kids, little kids put them to shame. The kids have picked up how to praise God. The adults still sitting there like stiff Baptists. Why are you in a spirit-filled church if you ain't going to worship God and praise God? You're free now. Take the shackles off. Funny. But I never would have thought God would do anything like that. You understand what I'm saying? In the Baptist church, their favorite pastor is dead. The favorite first lady's gone. Everybody died out that they used to like. So when you're there for carnal things, when they not happy in the flesh, no more you move on. So anyway, <laughs> spiritual church and the kids have picked up. I said, I love it. God, this is better than what I could write, you know. Who would think of it but God? So now the kids are putting them to shame. Amen. Well, the Bible says that. A little child shall lead them. Amen. God will use anybody. He wants them out of death and into life. That badly. Amen. He'll make your kids rise up and praise him right in your face. Yeah. I thought it was very, very. I said this is better than. Wow. I couldn't have paid good money to see this show. So anyway. So okay. So we press. You, you, the kingdom won't, won't come on you automatically. You have to pay the price of pressing to get in. Amen. And so you press to enter into the kingdom and into the, the presence of God. So um, it says uh, in verse 17. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass than from one tittle of the law to fail. So Jesus is saying this is true. This word is not going to fail you. It's It's definitely where it's at. And, and it's going to come to pass. So you press to enter in. You press to get away from the world. You press to turn off the television. You press to shut your mind off. You press to keep from hating somebody. You press to utter the words, Lord, I forgive them. Show me how to bless them. Huh? Yeah. Go, always go to next step. He said, bless those who curse you. Bless those who hate you. So God, show me how to bless them. Huh? Instead of always trying to make up for your no-nos. Just ask God to open the door for you to be able to bless that person. You want to follow through on his instructions to you. Matthew 11. The kingdom allows violence. Sure. What Jesus is saying. Whatever you got to do to enter in. Enter in. He doesn't care. As long as the whole goal is that you enter into his kingdom. Matthew 11 and verse. Oh yeah thank you. I was in Mark. That's why it didn't look familiar to me. I always have to make a sure. Make a sure. 
Okay. Same thing is about pressing in. This is similar to what we just read. From the days of John the Baptist unto now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. So that's the same thing as the press. And the violent take it by force. Amen. The violent take it by force. So, so he talks about those who have ears to hear. Let them hear. In other words, when you talk about violence and force, especially in a, a, a government like they had in Rome, you know people's ears are going to prick up and think you're trying to overthrow a physical government. So he said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. So this is not for everybody. If you're thinking carnal, that I've come to to overthrow Caesar's government, I'm greater than Caesar from the beginning. I don't want what Caesar has. In other words, if if you're under Caesar, you better give him what he demands from you. So the violent always take it by force. So Jesus is saying, everything's legal. To get in here. Whatever you need to do to get in here. See I was reading the um, voice of the martyrs. Uh, Richard Wormbrand when he was alive. And, and he was imprisoned. And he talked about how they were always torturing them. To tell them who else was a Christian. So they could go and arrest more people. And he said that. Uh, he said at when he was returned to his cell from being tortured, he said, he said two, two forces always met him. He said that was one of them was the force of guilt and the other was condemnation. Because he always told them he didn't know of any others and he suffered torture for it. Well, that was a lie. He knew of many people who were Christians out there. He said, but, he said, if you're a Christian, he said, and you, Press into the kingdom violently by any means necessary. See God's wisdom tells you not to turn on your brother. Do good to them who are of the household of faith. You don't ever turn them in. You don't care what kind of pressure you're put under. And he says but because you're a Christian. There's two little spirits that will always try to guilt you. Guilt. What kind of Christian are you? You lied to that guard. You're supposed to tell the truth. Huh? Interesting. Interesting. So you have to always live under God's wisdom, folks. You can't be a legalist. You can't take the Ten Commandments and superimpose them over on the grace and mercy of God. You have to live by what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. He's not telling you to turn anybody in for worshiping God and serving God so they can be tortured and arrested. What good have you done? Have you advanced the kingdom at all? No, you haven't. You just lived legalistically. And so he said his his quest was to overcome those. Amen. Those two voices that try to condemn him for lying about not knowing where there were other Christians on the outside. So it suffers violence. The violent take it deliberately by force by any means necessary. That's what force means. It does not come naturally to flow in with what God is doing in the supernatural. It doesn't. People who live internally in the natural live in a world of fantasy. Man, 
God's kingdom is not fantasy. It's more real than you and I are. And so you have to learn how to even trade that kind of stuff in. Well, I've always wanted to cut it out. Cut it out. Cut out what you've always wanted. Turn it over for something better. And that's what God has for you from his kingdom. Huh? What's his name? <laughs> Henry Groover. He said he was in, he said, I don't know, I think he was maybe like a teenager. <clears throat> they were in like a Sunday school class or something. He said, and the Sunday school teacher just looked at him and told him that God call, has called you to a ministry and you're going to uh, work for God. He said, and you're going to have 13 children. And he said, and I just looked at him. He said, he never said anything like that before. He said, and I immediately, when I got out of church, I told God I'm not interested in either one of them. I want to be an engineer. He said, and I want maybe two kids. Because there were nine in his family. And so sure enough, he, he told, he made a deal with God. And God let him be an engineer for maybe six years. He said, and right before I was going to sign a contract to be paid a million dollars a year, God told me it's time. Just let it go. He said, and at that time they had about eight kids. He felt he met God halfway, you know, on the deal. But anyway, God's word did come to pass for him, you know, 100%. And he wound up being a very, very powerful man in God. Amen. Uh, what you turn in, the little stuff you think you want, always wanted to do, you turn that in and God will turn it into something so much greater than anything you ever thought you could do for anybody, anywhere, at any time. Why? Because it will be the plan of God for you. Amen. See, people say things like, well, there's nothing wrong with. There's nothing wrong with. There's nothing wrong with. How do you know that? How do you know that that thing that you've been wanting to do all your life is not the main thing that's causing you not to prosper in God? Just indulging yourself in that. you got to believe that God's good, folks. you got to believe he is good for us. Our problem many times is that we look at God as somebody who's a taker and not a giver. All he's doing is getting you to exchange something you manufactured and you can't bring to pass for the thing that he's going to give you that will stay in your life and will be a major blessing to you. Major. So he has to get us to divorce ourselves from the world. That's, that's, an, that's already a given. And to continue to do that every day. Every day that you get up and you seek the kingdom. And his righteousness and believe that things will be added. You divorce yourself from the world. You divorce yourself from those things that are the fantasy. The manufactured things. The things that you think you're supposed to have. And you're afraid God's not going to let you have them. That's really what it is. Amen. So God wants. God calls us to himself. Amen. There is a call to his kingdom. It does not come naturally. So when he calls us, we have to respond. And I mean respond immediately. He's not, you know, like Henry did. He put it off. But there came a day where he had to surrender. You know, or you get into that great dark area where you don't know what will happen. You don't want to live there. You can't abide there. Your spirit can't thrive there. So Romans 14.7 tells us what the kingdom of God really is. Amen. 
Now we already have been told that it cannot be seen. It does not come with observation. But the kingdom of God does come. It does uh, manifest itself in the earth. It does become material things at some point. Romans fourteen seventeen, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. In other words, it's not anything perishable. It's not meat, drink, houses, cars, things. It's not things. But it's righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. So anything that is of the Spirit of God, that is the kingdom of God. For he that in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. So if you want to be acceptable to God and approved by people, live in the kingdom. Oh, but see people persecute me because they say I'm trying to be better than them and all that. Well, don't come out. Stay in there and let them know. Let them see. Let me show them. But you stay where you're supposed to be. Amen. Stay in that thing of the kingdom. Christians forever have been having arguments about what meat they should eat, what food they should eat, how they should eat, what they shouldn't eat, and all that kind of stuff. And 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 skirting the real issue. I see people who are on, you know, used to have a church and now they got weight loss uh, things on their website instead of staying with what God gave them. You know, you had the highest calling, now you go. <laughs> you start selling pills and supplements and stuff and wind up getting sued because they don't work. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or they do. The, I like it. it. It says, you noticed on, uh, since the environmentalist people have gotten, gotten, um, in control of so many things, they used to test cosmetics on rabbits, you know, animals like that to see if they were toxic or whatever. And they just really didn't have much regard for these animals. You know, you could do some kinds of testing and, and, and make sure it's controlled so it doesn't harm the animal, you know, and, you know, something like that. But they just never could get that right. So now they've just banned them from testing. And it says not tested on animals. And I think, well, that's not true. You're using it. You're the animal. He's testing it on now. You see what I'm saying? We've advanced. Now we're testing it on humans. But that's okay. Because we don't think much of ourselves anyway anymore. We used to think we were made in God's image. But that's all gone. So you know you're the little animal it's testing on. It's being in no laboratory animals but but do. So now you know you just. we, We are subject to many things folks. That are detrimental to us. And don't even know it. Most people don't even remember when that switch was made. But it was made. So that they they don't have a bunch of rabbits that they have producing. uh, And they don't live long. uh, Even in the natural. Or you know a rabbit that lives three or four years. That's a long time. Out in the wild they're usually eaten by predators. You know. So I mean. uh, But still. You know. uh, They're being tested on humans now. Okay. They are, really are, and we're allowing it. And and you know we kill babies, wholesale. No, they don't even get a trial. 
They don't even get without any kind of charges brought against them just because they're there. And, and it's okay to do it according to the law. So Romans 14.17 The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's spiritual things. So the kingdom of God cannot be observed because it's invisible. You got to press into it. Uh, it, but you know you're pressing in because there's a resistance against you going there. So there's all kinds of ways the devil, oh no, you don't need that. That's not necessary. Oh, it's not that serious. And God understands it. No, 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 no. That's the press. Voices that tell you that your answer is out here and it's not within. See, if the enemy can keep you from exploring what's within you. The richness that God has put in everybody's spirit. Then he's got you. Because you'll never know what you don't have. If you never experience it you never know it's there. Amen. So many people look in the natural for what they desire. But that is not God's kingdom. It originates from within. Everything you need that you get from God is birthed within you. Matthew 6.33 sums it up. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the world's goods are added to you. Everything this natural realm can produce is added to you. Satan lies to the church. He says that the material world must be sought. And if you have enough faith, you can have the world's goods. Confessing. I believe I received my new car. I believe I write the vision down and make it plain. Put that Corvette up there on the refrigerator. Put that picture of that airplane up on that refrigerator. See, those things never came from within. If there's an airplane in there, you don't need to put it, plaster it up on the refrigerator. You cut that picture out of a magazine. It came from without. When it says write the vision and make it plain. Write what God told you he's going to do for you. That's your vision. It's not something copied off of a computer or out of a magazine or out of something else. It's a vision from God folks. Because you're still coveting. You're still sinning in what you want. You have not because you ask amiss that you might consume it on your lust. And see we come into the church and we start hearing all this stuff. And we think we're supposed to want this stuff because everybody else does. See that's the way the church is. There's like people who are single. That are probably called to be single, but they can't get content with it because we get in church. Oh yeah, God has a spouse for you. Everybody prophesies to them and they haven't even had a chance to ask God what he wants for them in that area. I'm not saying that, that he doesn't have it for them, but my goodness, give them a chance to hear from God first. Instead of just going along with the flow of Christianity, that's the buzz. You know, everybody's supposed to be married. Everybody's supposed to have 2.2 kids. Everybody's supposed to have a, a career and be a millionaire. That's Christianity. 
borrowed vision. We don't need to borrow vision. God has enough vision on the inside of you. Go check in there and go shop around in there and see what you can find one day. What God has for you. The world's goods are add to's. Not sought after. You don't seek the world's goods. You let them be added. You seek his kingdom first. Learn to be content where you're at. And he can add things to to you. You keep being discontented where you are. And you block your vision of the kingdom. Upset. Disappointment. Waiting too long. Frustration. You think that's kingdom living? So he lies to us and tells us it's okay to seek the world's goods. It's never been okay. Now you can make your request known to God. But come on folk. After it's it's laid out there. God knows what you want. You can start thanking him for blessing you with that. You can start thanking him for providing your needs. Thank him for providing what you desire. All that kind of stuff. But you're not going to go out and start pursuing it now. It's already within you. Once you make that request and God's giving you his peace, that's his handshake that the deed is done. So the peace of God that passes all understanding when people start asking you, you still believe in God? Oh yeah, it's here. I got it already. See that passes understanding when you tell them that and they look at you crazy and want to see where it is. I'm going to say, you can't see it. It's within me. Go look inside of you and see what you got instead. Quit trying to peek into my stuff. This ain't your business. No way. You understand what I'm saying? All that religion. It's nonsense. Possession of this world's goods is never evidence of God's kingdom at work. You understand me? It's never because the kingdom of God is what? It's not by observation. What's in this world is in this world. What's in God's kingdom is in his kingdom. So do we desire the hidden riches? Are we rich in God's kingdom fruit? We must show evidence of the eternal. As children, as sons and daughters of God, our evidence has to be eternal. That's the only thing that separates us from the heathen. Is that the evidence of our kingdom. It lies in the eternal things. That if you can win a soul. That's evidence of the kingdom. If you abide in peace. That's evidence of the kingdom. If you can impart peace to others. That's evidence of the kingdom. Amen. So our expansion in God's kingdom. Is reflected in our spiritual condition. And you can appreciate it. God can appreciate it. And it can be imparted to others. But it's. Primarily for you and God to decide how you dwell with him in that kingdom. Don't let other people decide that for you. You don't have to do all that fasting and all that praying. You mean you don't ever do it? You don't ever go? You don't ever? Always the devil. He's always exaggerating stuff. No, I don't ever devil. And you do it too much if you call yourself a child of God. So stop it. Get off me. So our expansion in God's kingdom. You have to expand with it. It's ever increasing. Which means you got to increase too. 
Increase your attentiveness to what God is doing. Decrease your attentiveness to natural things. Amen. Try it sometimes. Try not making plans to do anything but go home and spend time with God. Let's try it sometime. Instead of getting yourself a little, your little book filled up, your little dance card filled up. God, I'm going to see what you have for me. I'm going to go home and relax under the word. I'm going to open up my Bible. I'm going to put on a tape and worship you or whatever. Get yourself over in the realm of the spirit with God. Or I'll worship you all the way home in my car until I can't worship you no more and see what happens for a change. Got me? Just expand the kingdom. That's expanding the kingdom. It's increasing it, releasing it outside of you, and then it begins to flow back to you. That's expansion. Spending time in the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Ghost. So do we respond to the external according to the external or according to the internal? The kingdom of heaven must be pressed into. Now do we respond according to what is natural or do we press to go inside and draw from spiritual resources? See when say for instance if you if you see where your bank account is overdrawn, what do you do? You get frustrated and you're what did I do? Say, God, I know you have this taken care of. I'm gonna seek your peace about it right now, and until you decide to straighten it out, I don't make a move. You tell me the next move. Amen. Because here the devil is with bad news and he wants us to go scrambling around. Picking and porting and calling people up telling people off and all this kind of stuff. You don't do that. You respond to external everything by what's within you. If God's not alarmed then you aren't either. If God's not upset then you aren't either. If God says it's taken care of, then it's taken care of. Amen? And it's always taken care of. You think he didn't know it was coming? He knew it was coming. He let it happen anyway. If he was upset, he'd have told you to made your credit card bounce back out in your hand or something to stop you. But he's not upset. He can fix anything and even more so than the devil messes up. Amen? So you have to respond by what's drawing from your spiritual resources from within and then the scripture Matthew 5 emerges from within for you to seek first the kingdom and then things get added when you're wrong do we repay or do we bless you have to learn how to bless you have to press within to bring the kingdom out to manifest in the natural because it's easier to release the kingdom when there is no opposing pressure when you're feeling good it's easy to say you're healed but when the symptoms hit you it's hard so you got to press beyond how you feel and get over into the kingdom where your healing is you got me so it's it, anybody can say I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm a millionaire when you when you got a good paycheck and when you're debt free. But when you're in debt, thirty thousand, forty. Look at all these 
young people that graduated from college walking around with almost a hundred thousand some of them two and three if they've been in professional school they've been medical school they got two and three and four thousand dollars worth of debt who in their right mind allows somebody to get indebted like that even when you're a business person they can they won't allow you three figures in debt many times you understand what i'm saying they won't loan you that kind of money it's a setup and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I, I smell a rat and I know there's a rat when I smell one. Because these young people will never get out of debt. They'll have to declare bankruptcy or pay and pay and pay for the rest of their lives. So we have to press within to bring the kingdom out to manifest in the natural. You You can't respond let your flesh get engaged and start responding emotionally you know these people say i'm just emotional i'm just no you're not slap yourself three times and tell yourself to come out of that and be spiritual you're not you can't be emotional and spiritual at the same time so it's easy to release the kingdom when there's no opposing pressure when you got money to pay bills it's easy to be peaceful and be generous too but when you got money and your bills are pressing in and you're just kind of concerned about, mm, I don't know if I have enough for this, that, and all that other stuff too, then you got to go within. It's a little more challenging. But if God wants us to start drawing from within, he'll allow pressure from without just to force us over in there. You ever notice that? You just go for a long time without any challenges and all of a sudden comes something comes up and you realize, well, God, I haven't spent time with you in such a long time. Then we got enough nerve to start getting real hallelujah-ish about it. Ooh, I feel so good. I thank God for my difficulties because he just weren't. No, you should be in the kingdom all the time. He shouldn't have to make you. He shouldn't have to pull a gun on you and make you come in and visit your father. Just like we do when we get grown in the natural. Ain't been to see mom and dad in the longest time. Well, true that. So we must make the choice to have the kingdom manifest. See, when I have challenges at home, I can either go ahead and pay the bill. Or, you know, get the natural thing taken care of. Or I can go within and ask my father. For instruction on how to do it. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I'm going to say it again. Just because you got money on your credit card to do it. It don't mean you're supposed to use the credit card. Huh? There are people that don't have credit cards that come and borrow yours. You understand what I'm saying? I mean that means nothing. But can you go within and find out what's within. And find out what your father has laid up for you. He wants to give you your inheritance folks. He wants to. And he wants you to learn how to live by the spirit. Because he knows it's the best way. It's the easiest way. And it's the most profitable way. So he loves you so much. Sometimes he'll let you get pressured by the bad decisions of life. So that you will come to him. And recognize, you know what, this is a good way to live. But don't be a hypocrite about it. Don't pretend like you've just been dying to get over in there because you haven't. 
<laughs> you had to get pushed <laughs> over in the kingdom. So it takes a determination to release the kingdom. Amen. When we abide there it becomes automatic. So you want that transformation where you automatically live in the kingdom. And you come out and you're irritated about it. Devil I don't let, I don't let you pushing me around. I'm going back in. My father will take care of you in Jesus name. And keep, keep it moving. How do we make it auto- automatic? By meditating on his word. You keep your mind and your heart full of God's word. It won't be hard for you. The press comes automatic then. Trouble comes up. You immediately call up a scripture. That calms you down. And you begin to thank God for that. Lord, I th- Father, I thank you. That problem is taken care of. Amen. Because I'm seeking the kingdom and you can add that thing to me. I'm not going to even be considerate of it. So we're dwelling in the kingdom when the spiritual response is automatic. Amen. So that's how you know where you abide. What's automatic? Is it automatic to thank God for the answer and feel peaceful? Or is it automatic to whine about it and cry about it and complain about it and keep on and then then stop yourself three days later after you'd upset yourself and everybody else. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Let it be automatic to, to let the kingdom out. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you. Bless you and we praise you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to dwell in your kingdom, to abide there with you. That place is a privilege. That place is reserved for us. And it is not something we want to try to shun, avoid, or take lightly. We appreciate it. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.